We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? The sun did rise today, and the Chiefs are still leading the AFC West and tied atop the AFC Conference and still have a shot at that number one seed and the bye week with five weeks left in the regular season to play. A lot can still happen, but we're going to talk about what we all watched yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals, and it was frustrating. Appreciate you all for hanging out. I'm BJ Kissel, former Chiefs reporter, and now I'm working with some phenomenal people trying to build a new outlet for Kansas City sports fans here at KC Sports Network. We appreciate you for hanging out with us. This is KCSN Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast at KC Sports Network, presented by our friends at DraftKings. It's Monday, so you know we will be joined by ESPN's Matt Miller. And let's just bring on Matt right now and talk about what we witnessed yesterday Today, Matt, 27-24 Bengals over the Chiefs. Had a feeling this wasn't going to be uh, the prettiest game to watch if you're a Chiefs fan uh, as far as just going to be kind of a slug back and forth kind of thing. Uh, and and that, that proved to be the case. Not a whole lot of fun to watch uh, for Chiefs fans. A good game, nonetheless. I think an important game because, you know, you and I come on every Monday and we talk about kind of ups and downs for this team, strengths and weaknesses, areas of concern. I thought we saw a lot of those play out, good and bad, on Sunday. And I, I do, I think it's, it's almost important to get that loss late in the season you, to where you have to reevaluate things. And right now the Cincinnati Bengals have the Chiefs numbers, three straight wins. I know you guys have talked about that a lot in the last 24 mm-hmm. hours, uh, but it, it, it gives you a target, you know, a goal. At first it was the Patriots. Now it seems like it's the Bengals, you know, a mm-hmm. team that, that does have the Chiefs number. So there's a lot to get into today. That's, that's to be sure. Yeah, we we generally do our stock up, stock down report, and uh, we're going to reverse those because I don't want to annoy all the fans who don't want the the rosy stuff. We'll start getting into the it's not the end of the world stuff tomorrow or uh, let's get to the positive thing. So there were some positive takeaways from that game. Uh, it, it's always that we talk about the margin of error, you know, in any yes. NFL football game being yeah. so small that Chiefs make a couple more plays and win those games. It's amazing how many different positive things we would talk about that had nothing to do with the end of that game 
that we won't talk about because they ended up losing. But if you win, you make up more plays at the end. They don't kick that field goal. They go down and score a touchdown. Something happens. They win the game. All of a sudden, there's a lot more positive things to talk about. But at the end of the day, they lost the game. And again, like you said, three straight. And uh, yeah, now there is a there's a nemesis. There's a team that uh, Chiefs can't get over the hump for. And it seems to be the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, they'll play them again. And we talked about it on the postgame show last night. The frustrating, most frustrating thing uh, for me was all the, the talk going into the game. And then not yeah. really backing a lot of that up. So we're going to start with the stock down report and then go stock up on the second half. But uh, what's your first for the stock down report uh, for the Chiefs after yesterday's loss? Yeah, you unintentionally segued me perfectly here because I do think it was, you know, there was so much talk throughout the week. Justin Reed saying he doesn't know the name of the receivers and he's got the name of the tight end wrong. When you talk that much trash, you got to come out and play at an elevated level. We didn't see that from Justin Reed. Tackling was really bad, not just from 20, but I really think from the entire secondary last night, there were too many chunk plays, too much yards after contact. And honestly, at times, too many guys running free. I mean, for Samaji Piran to get 106 yards rushing, he's a talented player, but he should not average five yards a pop against a defense that was tackling very well in the front seven. Uh, Jamar Chase, you know, seven for 97, I think it was, in his first game back. You knew he was going to be a problem, but the coverage was better than the tackling, if that makes sense. There were so many times where Bengals receivers had to make tough catches, but then they're powering through plays after the fact. And, I, you know, we saw that uh, with one of the touchdowns where it's just they were physically overpowering the Chiefs tacklers. And you expect that when you play Derrick Henry, you know, or you expect that when other teams are playing Travis Kelsey, you don't expect it to be your own defense playing against the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver. So the tackling has got to be better. And I think from a defensive standpoint, if you're going to talk that much trash as a secondary, you got to come ready. And they were not ready yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing to not know a player's name. And like, that's bad. I think they know, they know him by numbers. So I think if you would have said like, what number is he, they, they would have known the numbers. So I'll give a little grace there. Um, but then he just doubled down. It was like, yeah, it's kind of soft. <laughs> and it's like, you can't right. call somebody else soft and then not come up and tackle uh, from a safety position. There were a handful of plays and it was very obvious that the Bengals knew. And I had made the point going into this game that Bengals weren't going to play any harder uh, because of what was said, but they were definitely going to let them know about it after a play. And we'd see that yes. kind of chippiness a little bit. And it seemed to resonate with the Bengals because even in the third quarter, anytime Justin Reed was near a play, at least one of the Bengals yeah, players were looking back and doing something. Yeah, we saw Jamar Chase just getting his face right. into it, and there was really no response for that. Um, and then even on a simple tackle on the outside, if Justin Reed was near the play, somebody was kind of looking at him. I don't know if, what they were saying, if they were saying something directly, uh, but they were definitely staring to see if he was looking uh, in case they had something to say. So uh, that part was the most disappointing to me was that there was no real answer after kind of shining that light and putting that spotlight on yourselves uh, to come out and not tackle was not great. Uh, but yeah, not as far ideal. as not ideal at all. Um, but as far as stock down, what else stood out to you from that game? Yeah, I also think something we talked about last week, BJ, and we said, hey, we're being super picky. They won against the Rams. Let's not read into this too much, but it could come back. And it's, so we're just putting it out there. And that was the lack of spark in the passing game. I think we finally saw it, you know, come to in a game where it mattered, which is what we've said about like Harrison Bucker and extra points. And we said it about the, the spark in the passing game. At some point, we're pointing this out because it might matter. I think it mattered yesterday. Uh, not even taking into account the rare Travis Kelsey fumble, like things that you never see. That's a fluke. Let's not worry about it. But 
there is a lack of spark in this passing game where it's almost like defenses have understood now, bend but don't break. We're going to put a bubble around this the passing concepts and we're not going to let anybody get behind us. We're going to be wrap-up tacklers and it's going to shut this team down to some degree. I do think we saw that. You know, Juju is good for like one or two a game, it feels like, where you're like, God, he's almost there. Uh, MVS had a really good catch down the field. But there's not that consistent mm-hmm. threat level where you can see defenses back on their heels. This is not just a, oh, Tyree Kill's gone. It's that Miko Hardman is out, and there's your speed over the top. It's that Sky Moore uh, is not being integrated into the offense at a high level yet. So I think in this iteration that we have right now, this is a, a powerful post-up wide receiver core that they have on the field mm-hmm. right now because of injury. They're really missing some of that spark down the field. The frustrating part is you feel like they have the guys to get it done. You Justin Watson can fly, and we've seen him make big yep. plays. We've seen Noah Gray make plays, and we know MVS and these guys. It's just the consistency and just going down there. And again, we in some ways, we are still being a little bit picky because we're still talking about the number one scoring offense team that has been yep. really, really good. But in the instances where they've gone up against teams that they may see in the playoffs in the AFC this year, looking at the yes. Titans, that it was a – and margin of error game that they ended up on the good side of. And then you've got the bills and the Bengals and two of those games that they lost. And one of those games is at home. So it's not time to panic. It's not a panic type thing, but it's just a man. They've got to have it click for them against an opponent that they're going to see again down the road. And the only thing that I can, from a philosophical standpoint, looking at this thinking, could help them down the road when they face the Bengals again because Bengals gonna have all the confidence in the world is the Chiefs can get back to everybody is doubting us we are the underdog kind of deal which sometimes teams thrive off of a lot of players Patrick Holmes would thrive off of that kind of messaging and now that's kind of what it's set up to be if they do have a rematch in the playoffs is that the Chiefs are completely the underdogs and the Bengals completely have their number and there's nothing they can do about it and with all the trash talk made it even worse because after the game and the Bengals fans are talking and Chiefs fans are getting upset. It's like they're being kind of nice compared to some of the things that they could have said uh, post game and afterwards, just because of, you know, they backed it up and the Chiefs didn't. And I think one thing to think about BJ, maybe you guys have touched on this is the Chiefs losses this year or the, the two losses to playoff teams. It's against defenses that are safety driven. You know, the Bills, you have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who are a great duo. The Bengals have a really underrated group. Jesse Bates is obviously a household name. But Von Bell always plays the Chiefs very well. Mike yeah. Hilton in the slot is really good at what he does. So it's, it's teams that have that, you know, kind of unique safety duo where they can limit Travis Kelsey to four catches, you know, where they can take away some of the check down stuff through the middle. Um, the Bengals are a good team. I, I think that is the other thing is this is not a team to overlook. And maybe people, maybe you guys don't see that, but I can tell you on a national level, a lot of people didn't take this team seriously last year and they have not taken them seriously this year because they're, Oh, they were seven and four. Like, okay, whatever. Well, I think a lot more people are taking them seriously today. Yeah. And they started, they started slow. I think that was part of the deal and that, you know, they started off the season, not playing very well. And uh, you know, when the schedule came out, this is the game that I had circled because they ended our season a year ago in a game that I would say offensively, they looked, the Chiefs looked much better um, yesterday uh, than they did in that playoff game. I don't think that that's a, a hot take or something that Chiefs fans could listen to and get um, upset about. They did. Um, but you look at the Chiefs at, what, 9-3 and three right now, and they lost three games by a total of 10 points. So yeah. the the whole – this is very frustrating. It was annoying. And I think, again, not to 
hit on for like the fifth time, but all the trash talk and not being able to go out there and tackle just made it feel worse. But keeping some perspective of what Andy Reid, what Patrick Mahomes, what they've done in situations where we felt like this over the last 10 years with them, they seem to figure it out. They get on the same page, but there's no doubt that if they face this Bengals team again, that it's going to have a different feel going into it and that the Chiefs will absolutely be the underdog and yes. not favored in the game and no one really thinking that they're going to win that one because now it's three. It's not a fluke. That is a, they have, they have our number and Joe Burrow is I think we had one quarterback hit. George Goloff has got the one sack. They had one quarterback hit in that game. I know Maddie Land on our postgame show talked about just the blitzing not working. Like they torched us when we were blitzing. And then when we sat back, they tore us apart and we couldn't tackle. When you sit back and you rally around, keep things in front and you don't tackle, you can't do anything. And when they sent extra guys, it just wasn't getting home. So a lot of blame to share around. It was a team deal, but there's, mm-hmm. Also a need for perspective that some fans might want to hear. Some fans are still probably pissed off, but three losses this year by 10 points. Chiefs aren't going to go blow everybody out and win every game by 20 points and just run away with a Super Bowl. These other teams are very, very good. And to your point, uh, safety driven, and they've got three, basically two number one receivers. Uh, Jamar Chase, one of the two best young receivers in football, um, depending on how you want to argue those five or six guys that everyone seems Mm -hmm. to talk about. And then T Higgins, um, just those guys. Tyler Boyd would be a number two or maybe even a number one for some teams like they're they're deep and and they're talented yeah before we move on to the stock up let's stay on the stock down for one more because uh, on our post game show last night we had a lot of comments about one particular guy on the left side of that offensive line and at this point like as much as I always want to never talk to him but as much as you want to root for players who bet on themselves uh, there was a lot made about the the contract negotiations for Orlando Brown Jr. coming into this season, um, holding out, wanting that to be paid like a top three, top two left tackle, whatever yeah. it what There was reports out there, but you never know. But he wanted to get paid more than he was being offered and hasn't done anything this season to show that he warrants even the contract that was initially offered to him, let alone what he was asking for. Yeah, it's. I mean, I struggle again. I was trying to pull my notes up on him. I mean, I think this is the worst year he's had. Um, and I, you know, my job is to follow these guys, especially early in their careers, and kind of evaluate them and figure them out. This is the worst year I can remember him playing. And you know, like you said, he he bet on himself. He said, "I'm not a right tackle. I'm a left tackle." Trade me from Baltimore to Kansas City. He was expected to shore up an offensive line that you know Eric Fisher got hurt. We all saw what happened in the in the Super Bowl that year. Yesterday was another, I think, probably more of an obvious, just really bad game from Orlando Brown Jr. And it's funny because I'll have Chiefs fans tweet me and they'll say 57 or they'll say OBJ because they know this is a guy that searches his name on Twitter and is going to get mad if you say anything critical about him. But, you know, I, I do. It's fair to be critical. He he's it's an odd player to watch because he's so tall. You know, he lost weight. And I think he lost some strength when he did that. He doesn't seem to have the agility. You know, I, Joseph Osai embarrassed him yesterday with an inside speed move. We've seen that consistently. You know, get, to be, like you said, paid as a top three left tackle, you got to be good against Von Miller. You got to be good against Trey Hendrickson. You really got to be good against Joseph, Joseph Osai, who's, you mm-hmm. know, really in his first year after missing last year due to injury. So um, it, it's one of those things. He's a free agent. And you have to start thinking about the long-term build of this team, BJ. You know this better than anybody. You can only pay so many positions. And so I think it becomes down to what's your replacement value for Orlando Brown Jr. right now? No, you're not going to probably find 
you know, a top five left tackle in free agency or available on the trade block. But what is the replacement value of his salary and his level of play? Could you draft someone at the end of the first round who could step in and be that good by year two or year three at a yep. fraction of the cost? I think that's something you have to think about for this team because you got guys you got to pay. And I, I've said this at many positions as the Chiefs kind of turn this roster over from the Super Bowl win. You got to figure out areas you can save. And left tackle yeah. is a huge one. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and you know this better than anybody is that the chiefs will not go into the off season and through free agency planning on having a rookie, even a first round pick, even if they trade it up to 15 ish, they're not going to put all their eggs into a basket. That is a complete unknown, whether they could get the player that they We've even seen want. Before, right. And, yeah. and you can't build a team based on people like, we'll just get a left tackle in the draft. Like you can't go through free like that. In theory, it seems nice to be able to say that, but in actuality and, and to be real, like you go through free agency, their best bet is to find a, either a, like a 38, 39 year old left tackle. Who's at the, tail end obviously of his career but still playing yeah, at a high enough level solid. that he might yeah. might give you a year so when you draft somebody in the first second round or whatever mm -hmm. they've got that year to learn and then you hope that works out um but to your point they don't just let top five left tackles on the open market right you know we could start speculating who could be available um and who you might be able to trade for with teams that need more draft picks and i'm sure there's time for that conversation but for now it's how can they either help Orlando Brown Jr. enough to still execute the offense at a high enough level to win enough games in the playoffs to try to go win a Super Bowl because like as much as I respect you know Philadelphia and the teams in the NFC I don't think the Chiefs are going to face any teams better than what they've already faced this year in order to win a Super Bowl right I don't think the challenge is going to be any more difficult than Buffalo Cincinnati Tennessee to some extent 
Miami gives you a little bit different of a look. I know there's different teams, but nobody's significantly yeah. better. So we've seen what it will take to win a Super Bowl, and they've lost three games by 10 points. So they very much could still do it. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult in areas that we thought were going to be better, like the offensive line, in particular Orlando Brown Jr., are going to make that not necessarily the case. Right. It, I mean, it's fascinating. We have a, we have a couple more weeks of football to get through before we start game planning how to how to fix this roster or address future needs. You know, uh, but I, I it's something to like you said. Uh, sometimes we peek ahead and say, here's something to worry about. Right. Like with the lack of you know big plays from the offense yesterday, it mattered. And so I think pointing out Orlando Brown Jr. Watch it because yesterday it mattered. And as you get into the playoffs, let me tell you, every team has a good defense when you make it to the playoffs. <laughs> so you you yeah. got to be ready. All right, let's let's turn gears, talk a little stock up. I'm sure we'll get right back to stock down as we get into this and start talking <laughs> through it more since it is uh, less than 24 hours since uh, the, obviously the Chiefs played when we're recording this show. But yeah. uh, stock up, uh, I know when you texted me last night after, you know, what his, I think it was after his touchdown run and had a nice uh, kickoff return, uh, yeah. but Isaiah Pacheco. Another week of stock up. I just – you know, I love the way he plays. And I, th- I thought Jared McKinnon had a really good game as well. So, you know, both running backs, they yeah. run with so much urgency and it's almost, you know, violence. They, they're out of the blocks so fast. And we saw that spark, you know, they were over a hundred yards rushing last night, which at the time I thought, okay, like this is, this is good. You've got two rushing touchdowns. Mahomes got the, the jump ball in there. You've got over a hundred yards on the ground. That is great to, to slow down Joe Burrow to keep that offense off the field. The, the problem was sustaining it, you know, and, and not having some short drives, um, especially late in the game. But I do think we're seeing Pacheco become a bigger part of this offense where I think you're okay. You know, we were just talking about how can you save money on this team? Having a seventh rounder as you're starting running back is the way you can save money on this team. So he's going to be an important piece of this offense moving forward, BJ, not just three years from now, but right now. He's going to be an important part for the rest of the season and for the postseason run, because you can lean on him and he's showing power. He's showing vision. And it's a, he's a starting running back and, and he continues to get better every week. No. And I brought this up before, but Brett Veach going back before the draft and saying there's a thousand yard rusher in the seventh round of this draft. He said that before that draft this past spring. And I don't know if anyone yeah. specifically asked him, was like, were you talking about Isaiah was Pacheco? That yeah. <laughs> was that the guy that you were talking about? But right. I, we talked about post-game show last night. I thought Jarek McKinnon provided the spark. And we saw it in the two games uh, last week. I kind of talked about this in a few of the shows leading up to the game last week that, you know, in the two losses last year to the Bengals, the Chiefs had actually ran the ball pretty effectively. They averaged over six yards per carry in both of those games, which is saying something, especially the way that they ran the ball yesterday, because DJ Reader, like we talked about during the week. I talked He's about Brett Coleman. Oh he is God. an absolute monster. They He was a problem, but they still found ways to kind of neutralize him and get some chunk plays in the running game. But whenever you're talking about a team with not only with Andy Reid at head coach, but with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, like you're not going to rely solely on the running right. game. Hey, if you're running the ball a ton relative to normal, you're at maybe a 60-40 split instead of 70-30 or 80-20. Uh, but yeah, Pacheco, I love how hard he runs. I love the spark he provides. I love when he takes a big pop, he hops right up and sprints back. Like I love all that stuff. I think that resonates uh, with his teammates. And he was one of the guys yesterday that saw that did that, that felt like uh, he was into it in that kind of way. You know, the guys are into it. I'm not saying they don't care. And a lot of those well, comments that, that people make, but, yeah. but there, there's a little something extra and they're, they're matching or bringing it uh, compared to what their opponent is. And it stood out with Pacheco yesterday. And that was a spark that felt like at the time that he made some of those plays, it was really needed for the chiefs. Oh, absolutely. And 
you know, even I think we got a shout out because we've been so worried about the punt return game. We got a shout out that, that it was just a clean game from the return perspective yesterday. So that's the stock yeah. up, you know, to see Pacheco <laughs> back there as a kick returner. Uh, Watson, uh, I think Fair caught the one punt that the, the, mm -hmm. the Bengals had. But uh, I will say my other stock up, BJ, it's another another rookie. Trent McDuffie, for all the, mm -hmm. the bad things we could say about the defense yesterday, you know, not not really getting home to Burrow with that rebuilt Bengals offensive line. Chris Jones is fairly quiet compared to what we've seen, but Trent McDuffie had a really good game. And, and for a player who's still, you know, in the first quarter of his rookie season, he's playing really, really good football. And, and the Bengals wide receiver core, like that's the best test you're going to get in the NFL. I mean, yeah, your individual matchups, you know, you might have a Justin Jefferson or a Stephon Diggs. Jamar Chase is pretty damn good. And, and as we talked about, they're so deep and their passing concepts are so good that, you know, it, it's, that's that's a, an A1 test, and I thought he played exceptionally well. Joshua Williams played well also. I definitely have to shout him out. I think in those young corners, Brett Beach has something, and and you got another late rounder just like Legereus Need, who was a huge impact, and now you got your front-line guy, I think, for the long term, and, and that's Trent McDuffie. Yeah, I think of the new guys that didn't play in that game last year, talking about Pacheco, um, talking about McDuffie and on the offensive side, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I thought his fourth down catch where he kind of out physical uh, the defensive back to get yeah, there yeah. at that moment, that was one of those plays that we would have been talking about had the Chiefs pulled out that win. And Absolutely. then yeah. the MVS, his two catches deep down the field. I know you talk about the spark in the passing game. Hopefully when McCole Hardman gets back or Kadarius Tony, I just feel like some of those easy throws, easy plays that pick up seven, eight, 12, 15 yards just because of pure athleticism. We're not seeing a lot of those, not about Tyree kill. It's just the way that Andy Reed's offense goes. Some of those jet sweeps, some of those different things that they're doing, they're missing because they don't have that skill set uh, in their offensive playbook right now with Kadarius Tony, who we hope comes back real soon. Um, but if there's a rematch, that is going to be something that's talked about that, you know, the chiefs were missing uh, some guys and particularly on offense for some of that spark that you were talking about. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, I, I think even just having, you know, Meikle or, you know, having Kadarius Tony in there, even if they're not producing stats, it's that threat. You know, Sammy Watkins used to be yeah. that guy of, you might not catch a ton of passes, but you have to account for him and you have to respect his speed. So getting some of those guys back will be, will be key. And like you said, I think this is a matchup we're probably going to see again in about a month and a half. So be ready for it. All right, before we let you go, uh, again, talking with ESPN's Matt Miller. Matt, what message do you have for Chiefs Kingdom as somebody who lives in Chiefs Kingdom but is not a Chiefs fan uh, that loves to root for the Chiefs players and their individual success? Just because it's funner. It's more fun uh, to live in the community when the when the Chiefs are yeah. playing well. Everybody's in a better mood. Uh, but what message do you have for Chiefs fans after a loss that, uh, based on social media, and that's not always the greatest um, barometer for things, but uh, – Pretty pissed off, <laughs> pretty upset, right. pretty down, pretty down right now. Well, the sky's not falling. Uh, you still have a, a chance to have the number one seed in the AFC. You still have a chance to have home field advantage. You still have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Every team loses since 1972. Every team <laughs> loses. So uh, it's okay to be pissed. I'm sure the players are even more upset. But as we've seen with this team, that usually gives them a spark they need. I'm sorry you finally had to experience a December loss with Patrick Mahomes <laughs> as your quarterback. Oh, yeah. The rest of us who are fans of other teams get to experience this all the time. I'm Man, a Niners I didn't fan. think about that. We're on Brock Purdy as a quarterback right now, so <laughs> you guys don't really get to talk. You be sad. Everybody should be sad, but it's been five years. You finally lost the game in December. I think it's okay. You'll be okay.
Man, I hadn't thought about that till right now. There's I think it's 26 or 27 straight yeah. uh, that they had before that loss. That's tough, I guess. Patrick Mahomes is human after all. And there's a lot of people are going to make a lot of comments about this game, but I thought Mahomes played pretty well. Uh, he was running for his life in some of those big moments. Yeah. But um, again, margin of error in these games is real small. They make a couple more plays. We're talking completely differently about this game. Absolutely. But to hammer it for, I think, a sixth or seventh time, uh, the most frustrating part was the talk leading into the game and then how they came out defensively uh, and didn't really match some of the things that they had said. Uh, going into that one so that was frustrating but man matt we appreciate your time that's uh espn's matt miller you can find all his work covering the nfl draft and the nfl at espn and we'll have matt on a lot more as we get closer to the playoffs and into the offseason draft all that good stuff man but appreciate you and appreciate everybody for listening and or watching this uh, video or podcast and for spending part of your day with us uh, i'm going to get back to my daughter who's homesick from school <laughs> but uh, i was getting a little bored and wanted she to crash okay. <laughs> sorry head popping up if you're watching fine. on youtube yeah. <laughs> so she's getting a little antsy so i'll get back to that but we appreciate all you for for hanging out please hit that like and subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform and we don't just cover chiefs we cover all Kansas city sports so uh, just search kcsn on your favorite platform you can find all our stuff but we appreciate all of you we'll see you next time Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.